0: A financial plan requires planning. It's savings, RRSPs, investments, and planning for the unexpected. TD Term Life Insurance can help protect your family's financial future if you were to unexpectedly pass away. You can apply for TD Term Life Insurance online or over the phone by speaking to a licensed advisor. If you're under the age of 55, you could be approved for up to $500,000 of coverage without a medical exam. Conditions apply. TD Term Life Insurance is underwritten by TD Life Insurance Company. Visit tdinsurance.com term termlife to learn more. Parliament is set to debate a bill that will introduce a new definition of hate as it aims to tackle hateful content online. But free speech proponents are concerned the bill could bring back previously repealed provisions of hate speech law that were seen as highly politicized and subjective. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. National Post political reporter Anya Karadeglia joins me to discuss what kind of online content this legislation is looking to target, why the feds are bringing in this law now, and why free speech advocates are worried. Don't forget you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So Anya, the internet is a horrible place at times. And the issue of hateful content on the internet uh, is expected to hit the House of Commons in the coming weeks. What is, what's this piece of legislation that will be before MPs?
1: So we don't have a whole lot of detail about this legislation yet. But the aim of it is to take action on online hate content in a number of different categories. And then to require online platforms to take it down within 24 hours.
0: And what sparked the need for new legislation around this?
1: The background to this is, this is one piece of a wider effort by the government that involves multiple pieces of legislation to start bringing in regulations for online platforms. And then obviously, the other background aspect of this is that this issue of online hate, it's just gotten, you know, more prominent, there's so much vitriol, and there's so much extreme stuff on the internet. And that globally, we're seeing that it's been linked to also an increase in real life violence. So this is a worldwide issue. We're seeing mass shootings, that kind of thing, that are inspired by stuff that these people read online. Mm -hmm. So this was in the election platform. That's why the liberals promised to tackle it um, in the last election. And uh, after the insurrection on Capitol Hill in the U.S. in January, the government said that, you know, that made this bill even more urgent and that they were revising it
0: in response. So it seeks to have hateful content taken down off the internet or there are other things that the legislation will do.
1: As I mentioned, there may be aspects to this that that we don't know about yet. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the impression that, you know, we're getting the impression, I've been told that some of these details are still being worked out by the government. It hasn't gone um, in front of cabinet yet, for example. But what we do know is that there will be this requirement for illegal content to be taken down within 24 hours, and there's going to be a new regulator, a new regulatory body to enforce these new rules.
0: What categories of content do we think it will consider illegal?
1: The government has been clear on this. There's five categories of content. So it's hate speech terrorist content, content that incites violence, child sexual exploitive content, and non-consensual sharing of intimate content. So all of these are already currently illegal under the criminal code. I think it's important to note the bill is not going to make new things illegal. It's not going to create new categories of illegal things, but it will include these five things that are already illegal under Canadian law.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that because you mentioned a lot of things that were Illegal, but essentially does it make it a crime to continue to post illegal content if it's not taken down within 24 hours? Is that the goal here?
1: It wouldn't make it a crime because it's not it's not an update to the to the criminal code, but there would be penalties if companies don't take the content down. The Heritage Minister, Stephen Gibo has said that these fines will need to be material, they'll need to be significant in order to actually act as a deterrent to these companies. Mm-hmm. So that will be the enforcement mechanism there. And uh, I did just want to mention, because I, as I said, the, the, these things are not new, these are things that are already illegal, but there is one new aspect of it, is that there's going to be a new definition of hate.
0: Do we know what the definition of hate is going to be?
1: Yes and no. The government has said, you know, it's not a new definition in the sense of they're not redefining hate completely, but they're taking what previous court decisions have said is hate speech and codifying it in the legislation. They're not necessarily expanding it, but they're basing it off what the Supreme Court has said is hate speech and what other courts have said is hate speech. And that's where we can get a little bit of an indication of what this definition is likely to be.
0: What cases or what precedent are they basing these off of?
1: The key case is a 1990 Supreme Court case. It's R.V. Keegstra. And that decision talked about hate speech. It's speech that includes a detestation towards a particular group or vilifies a particular group. And then the other case that the government has said that they're considering in their new definition is another Supreme Court case, and it's called the God case. So the key aspect of that case is that it upheld a previous decision, and it involved this thing called Hallmarks of Hatred, this list Of things that people say that we can consider as indications that hate speech is happening. That includes things like identifying the group as subhuman or animalistic, you know, unclean, or saying that a group is inclined to engage in violence. Those are some of the hallmarks of hatred.
0: One of the more controversial aspects to this discussion is the idea that we could see a return of a form of hate speech law similar to the previously repealed Section 13. What was Section 13 of the Canadian Human Rights Act?
1: Section 13 of the Canadian Human Rights Act was a civil remedy, was a civil tribunal for tackling hate speech. So currently hate speech is illegal, but the only mechanism to address it is through the criminal system. So that's, you know, the police taking action and the attorney general taking action to actually bring criminal charges against somebody for hate speech. So what we used to have under Section 13 of the Human Rights Act was it was a civil tribunal where people could bring their complaints about hate speech forward, and then that tribunal could decide if this is hate speech or not, and it could, you know, tell the issue a cease and desist order, or it could levy a fine.
0: Why was it repealed? And why would the liberal government want to bring it back in some form?
1: It was repealed after there was a campaign to have it repealed. And there were people who felt it was being used to silence certain voices or to silence uh, free speech. So what happened is that there were a couple of cases, including one, I think, by law students who went after more like right wing um, conservative columnists, including Mark Stain from McLean's. Mm -hmm. And they tried to take him to this uh, tribunal saying that, you know, the columns were Islamophobic. So there was a concern by a lot of people that this was infringing on free speech. And then eventually the conservative government ended up repealing this legislation. As for why the Liberal government would want to bring it back, you know, a government committee recommended that they bring it back in 2019. You know, I spoke with the executive director of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, and I asked him, why would we need to bring something like this back? And the rationale is because the current system where hate speech complaints go through the criminal system, it's just not working the police aren't prosecuting these cases. So few people end up charged that the prospect of criminal charges isn't even a
0: deterrent. Opponents of bringing something like Section 13 back, do they feel that having a civil body is just too easy a way to bring bogus complaints forward, to run people through the mud unnecessarily? What's their beef with it?
1: There's different arguments against this. For example, the Canadian Civil Liberties Associations, they just don't think that, you know, human rights tribunals are an appropriate mechanism for for addressing hate speech. They should should have other priorities. And their general concern is, and this is echoed by some of the other people that are concerned about it, is that the idea of this is just fundamentally subjective. Mm -hmm. You can have a definition, but when you're trying to decide what hate speech is, you're doing that in a subjective way. And that's something that remains a problem, no matter what happens, no matter what regulatory mechanism you have in place. And then there's others who are worried that it's going to be used in a politicized way to go after certain viewpoints. So I think that the case is that People are afraid that controversial viewpoints or just any viewpoints could be silenced, even if they're not hate speech, or that there could be a chill on free speech as a result, kind of looking at how certain colonists were subject to these complaints. I think that one thing I do want to note, though, is that uh, while that happened, there were these complaints, McLean's did get taken in front of this tribunal, that complaint was dismissed. Mm -hmm. My understanding is the only cases in which that tribunal Did find that hate speech happened were pretty uncontroversial cases where it was very clearly hate speech.
0: Does this put the onus on internet companies like, you know, the people who provide our internet or social media companies to do more to address hate on their platforms? Or is that something we still haven't seen spelled out?
1: It does. They will be responsible. Obviously, they will have a responsibility or face fines if they don't comply with this. But this is something that they, in theory, actually welcome. So they don't like the idea of self-regulation on this, funnily enough. (laughs) It sounds a little bit contradictory, but they don't because they want the government to tell them what is hate speech, what to take down, what not to take down, as opposed to being looked at as the arbiters of the conversations that we're having in our society, that that's not a role they particularly want to occupy. Facebook has said they're in favor of this type of legislation. Now, where they get a little bit concerned and where the extra onus is on them is with this 24 hour requirement. Mm -hmm. So that is something we're also waiting to see detail on exactly how that's going to function. And the concern is, and it's not just from the platforms, I've heard this from some experts as well, that this is another case where we could have a constitutional issue, is that if the law says, okay, platforms, companies, you have to take this content down within 24 hours, and then it's left to the company to decide what content to take down, they're going to be overly broad because they don't want to face fines, right? So to be safe, they're going to take down anything they might even think is hate content, And then that's when we start seeing postings and content being taken down that doesn't fit the definition of hate speech. And that's where a potential free expression infringement issue, a constitutional problem, could arise.
0: But when you're talking about pretty obvious cases of hate speech or abusive speech that social media companies and generally speaking people would be in favor of having that removed, what have the conservatives said about this? Have have we gotten any indication where that party stands on legislation like this as they tend to be more the party who tries to champion free speech in the public sphere?
1: We haven't heard a whole lot about them from this yet, but I have a feeling that when the, I think it all depends on what exactly is going to be in the legislation Mm -hmm. because we have so few details. We just don't know yet exactly what's going to be included. So I I have a feeling we'll be hearing more and we'll have a better idea of what that reaction will be uh, once the legislation is actually introduced.
0: All right. And when do we expect that to happen? And and when could we see all this play out in the House of Commons?
1: It is a little bit delayed. It was supposed to be here sort of just about now. The minister said at the beginning of the month that it would be introduced within three weeks, something like that. And now I spoke with him last week and he said it's going to be within weeks. They're kind of finishing things up. So it's not quite completed yet. So, I mean, whatever weeks means. It may be within the next month. I'm not certain about that, but we'll see. There's a possibility. But we know it's going to come before other legislation that the government is going to put in place to address some of the other issues that they have with companies like
0: Google and Facebook. Well, you know, with more and more of us living our lives online, it's definitely a timely topic to address by our politicians. Anya, thanks for your time.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Anya Karadeglia. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening.